Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor and resiliency expert, helping people to think, speak, and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me and uh, Journey to Success Radio at our website, journeytosuccessradio.com. My guest today is the amazing, or my co-host, sorry, today, first time ever co-hosting, is the amazing Danielle Hanzelka. A uh, friend of mine who lives close by me here in Toronto, co-author of an upcoming book that we're doing together. Uh, introduce yourself, Daniel, please. Yes, well, thank you, Tom. Uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, Daniel, I'm, I'm a Reset Warrior. I'm also a success coach and co-founder of uh, Reset Warrior Academy and a leader of Reset Warrior Movement. Uh, my mission in life is to empower male entrepreneurs to discover the truth in the four core areas of life or that might be faith, family, fitness, and finance, so that they can experience the epic life that they can have. Now, you can learn more about uh, Daniel at uh, ResetWarrior.com. Again, that's ResetWarrior.com. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, our guest today has been a friend of mine for a couple of years now, I believe, but it's only recently when I read her uh, new book, Mo- Modus Vivendi, that uh, I insisted on uh, interviewing her. Uh, I read 23 nonfiction books last year, and Diana's was by far the most impactful to not only my left brain, which I usually read with, but also my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings. Uh, a powerful, powerful book. Uh, probably if I'd gone over the last hundred books this would be one of the ones top five that would have touched me internally uh, as well as my logical side uh, diana is uh, as a creative leader in innovative corporate training private coaching programs and keynote speeches uh, diana dentinger has motivated hundreds to reach their full potential uh, she's the author of the book modus vivendi your life your way that takes readers on a journey of self-transformation in seven days. The foundation of all her work is the change your game formula, her own proprietary formula based on her studies as a neurobiologist and psychosomatic illness therapist, elaborates a personalized personality and needs profile for each individual, allowing them to know fully Uh, to know themselves fully, to access previously hidden talents, and to live happier and healthier lives. She founded the Meaning of Life School, a 21st century life coaching school where trainers and coaches learn her leading-edge tools. After 20 years of serving companies and individuals, now she is concentrating her business on helping life, relationship, and success coaches up-level their skills so they can guide their clients to total life fulfillment. She was born in Chicago, received a marketing degree from Miami Miami University, and uh, lives in northern Italy with her four children. She can be reached for one-on-one coaching, uh, the Meaning of Life School certification, and speaking engagements 
by her email, which is contact at dianadentinger.com. And her book website uh, is modusvivendiyourlifeyourway.com. Uh, we'll get Diana to spell all that for you later on. Well, <laughs> yeah, good deal. <laughs> welcome to the show, Diana. Wow, thanks, Tom. It's great to talk to you again. Right. Well, yeah, you... we we get we get on our mastermind calls sometimes. You know, it's right. one thirty in the morning over here. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know how much I love your book. It was enormously powerful, and I'm a big fan of. Uh, personality assessments but of the ones i've taken probably six to eight of them this was by far the most accurate interesting and hopeful on any adjectives you can throw in there one that i've ever done and so thank you so much that well, is thank powerful. you thank you now yeah, well, because yeah you know, because I was going to say, because of all of my research, you know, in uh, not just the personal development area, but taking it to the biology of how our brain is programmed and the physiology, you know, how our brain really will manifest either ease or dis-ease in our body with the somatic illnesses, you know, um, this personality profile and, you know, the book briefly, you know, sort of takes you on this journey uh, to, to understand a new way of, of being yourself. It's based on the biology, and biology means biologos. It's logical for life. So that's why it really does, like, like you know, you're the first person because you're so fine-tuned that made that comment that it is a right-brain self-help book. Mm. And it gets you into your creativity and, and in this, this passion because it really does excite your biology. Your cells wake up, your neurons start to, your brain neurons start to, you know, fire the synapses and you feel this yearning to be more. This, this is what, you know, people have, have commented and, and written me emails and, and, um, so I'm I'm very you know I'm very flattered and and humbled by by all the compliments that the book is receiving. This is amazing. And uh, Daniel, you're the guest host or co-host today, so uh, you get to start off the questions, please. All right, super. Thank you, uh, thank you, Tom. Dan, you use the words uh, the word needs in your coaching and training, and in your book. What is that? Why are we kind of taught in the self-help industry not to have needs, that we really should, you know, be okay with where we are at. If we, you know, do have needs, then it means that we're lacking something. How do you explain this? Well, needs, needs are actually what drive behavior. So if you imagine um, needing on a physical level, if you're, you know, you go to the gym and you have a workout and you feel thirsty, it's because your body needs uh, hydration, right? And so needing hydration on a physiological level will then have you take an action to go get a glass of water or go get something and drink it. Well, it's the same thing with personality. You have biologically programmed needs that will then drive your behavior to act a certain way, to feel a certain way, to perform in a certain way. So needs are very, very important. And you know, even the, the you know the top the the top uh, personal development people like Anthony Robbins, you know, he touches on the universal needs, and that's a takeoff from Maslow's, you know, Abraham Maslow that defined the five universal needs. And Anthony Robbins uses those in in all of his training. What I do is take that even a step further and say, not only do we have these universal needs that are really the basis of not just our survival, but even our thriving, we can take that a step further with the research in you know, neuroscience and identify individual needs to get a really clear picture of exactly who you are, why you're here, and how you can perform to, to better. So it's not being needy, it's diving inside and bringing those needs from the inside that drive your behavior then to expand and, what I say, contribute to the greater good. So you're not needing things from the outside. You're accessing those needs that are already there. But we need to give them, we need to give them a name. You know, people, people, what I find, and, you know, it's, 
it's um, it's it's funny because I've done so much training uh, on you know top executives, and when I enter in a training room, the very first question is you know everyone write down you know ten of your top qualities and share it with the person next to you. The majority, even of highly educated people, can't get five descriptive words about who they are. So this was all part of my really reaching out and, 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 and going on a journey to, to dive into uh, the, the biology of people and personality and behavior and find a tool that would give people the words to describe them and the image and, 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 and feeling what it's like to be them. Because without that part, then how can you really expand and become more? You know, I, I think what you're mentioning, Diane, and, and it's something that I've been on my own personal journey on, on the self-development and really it's knowing yourself. And, and it's so often when I sit down in, in my coaching practice with many people that they don't really know who they are and they don't really know what they want. They just kind of have this idea of what they think they want or their life should look like, but they have never really sat down and written it down or really you know, get down deep into that. What is it that they really want? Because I, I know for me, when I sit down and I start writing things down, it starts as, oh, well, I think I need this. But when I finish actually writing and really searching and discovering on the inside, what is it that I want? Usually it's something completely opposite that I never even thought about. Yeah, exactly. Because until you have, I, I find the, the quiet and the peace to really... Uh, get in a space of inner knowing. Uh, nowadays, we're so distracted by everything out there. I mean, it is, we are pulled in so many directions and the messages and the, the telephone and, and taking that time that is just so sacred to hone in on how you're feeling and really um, dive into to what you want. Because even, I don't know, Tom, did, did you like the, the very first couple chapters in my book when I go through the process of how to, uh, how to get rid of who you aren't? Right. How, we learned, yeah, how we learned to be is all you know, imitation mode. We're little monkeys when we're kids, and then we're put up into school and we're taught to be a certain way. And then all of a sudden we enter into life and you know, we have a role and a title and we start to identify with this as being who we are. And then all of a sudden, you know, at least for the majority of my clients, they're hit by this what's called a midlife crisis. And it's sort of like an identity crisis, like I've been running my whole life, but I have no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. I think that if I can mention on that, I think you touched on something that's very important. When, and I'm sure you experience this in your practice. When you ask people what they want, they usually start telling you all the things that they don't want. Yes. And have you experienced <laughs> that? And, and it's somehow yeah. like they – and it's like, no, no, okay, I don't really care what you don't want. Let's say what you do want. And it's so difficult for many people to switch over to that. And I think to some of the things that, you know, you just mentioned because – we're, we've been programmed into kind of complain about all the things and not to actually do something about it. So when we're actually asked to find out what we want, if we find it very difficult. Yeah, yeah, because, because we, we, we tend to gravitate toward an, an acceptable image that society would deem as either, you know, uh, successful or good or whatever adjective you want to add, you know. So you do this to be considered a good mother, and you do this, and then you sort of start to change into something that, that doesn't really fit who you are. And so well, there's a lot of... Again. You have the perception of what you think that it should be, but that's not really what you want. That's what society or, or somebody else that has modeled that for you, right, that it should be. Right. And so often I've sat down with people, they say, you know what, I, I thought I was doing all of these things that I thought that I wanted, but when I got there, I was so disappointed. Like, well, that's <laughs> because you never, never really figure out what is it that you really want, what is the end res- you know, what is the result that you're actually going for, Right? And I think this is where a lot of the confusion comes, where most of the work has to be done before. You've got to define exactly what, you know, what is it that you want. And well, that's what you... I, you know, I, 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 I tell people that they can, they can take a real shortcut. They can take a real shortcut, and instead of spending time figuring things out, which is really difficult with all the conditioning that's been done, you know, and 
just, you know, sign up and get a personality needs profile and just, you know, and, th- and then it's just clear. People, you know, they, they get their, their profile and they're like, wow, exactly, that's my need in this area of my life. That's my need. That is exactly what drives me. Okay, and then the, the whole life, instead of figuring it out, their life is dedicated to living who they are. And um, you know, these the, the, question, the comments that, that my, my clients will say that it's such a relief to calm the monkey mind that is, that's doubting and that's confused. Well, is it this my path? They just get the certainty. Oh, yeah, that's who I am, you know. Mm, well, would, you, would you guys um, – yeah, go ahead. Uh, now, the thing I noticed in your book uh, – you talk about the differences or you talk about needs and wants and at least in the north american society where i live in those get confused a lot people say well i need a new cell phone hmm need okay need so there's a big difference between a need and a want how do you explain uh in your book and in your coaching what is the difference between a need and a want well, I use the word need as a very positive, um, motivating, biological element because needs drive behavior. And so when you can connect to the need on the inside that is yearning to be expressed, um, and it could be a need to communicate, because even, you know, let's say Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill had a big need for communication. And so I, I have defined 22 individual needs. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious in, in the way that he show, showed up in the world that he had a need to communicate. So that's uh, number three, engaging. And he also was a person with very big dream and purpose. And so that is need 20, inspiring. And just in the languaging people use and what they do with their life when they're really in line with who they are, it's perceivable when you understand, let's say, the 22 individual needs, that from within him, he expanded that, that need to, to communicate and to have a purpose. That was his driver on the inside, and it came out and he expanded who he was. So it wasn't being needy, it was biological. It was something that he couldn't do without on the inside. Instead, want is a very mental kind of construction. It's, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's I want this, and it's usually because someone else has it or because I'm being compared uh, with someone else and I don't want to be anything less. And so want is, is always lack. Instead, our needs, the biological needs that we have that are drivers, are always full when we can turn them on because we have awareness of them and we give them a name and we feel them, that's when we access them. So there is no lack. There is absolutely no scarcity at all because what you need and those kind of phrases that you'll see, you know, in the post, everything you need is on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. So you want to give it a name, you want to give it an image and understand that that need from the inside of you is biological. Listen to it because based also on my studies as a neurobiologist in the psychosomatic illnesses, if you are not um, understanding and fulfilling your needs, they will work against you, which means mm-hmm. that is the cause of psychosomatic illnesses. So a need, for example, need, um, and I give them numbers because that makes it easy, need number 10, dynamic, is a person who's, who needs to move. They need to be on the go. And when we were uh, doing some, some case studies and clinical things, there, we had a, there were a few people with uh, MS. And uh, this came because they, they had been so blocked in their life with not moving that this was sort of an extreme situation of a block in movement that led them down the path of being in a wheelchair. And uh, with emotional kind of, let's say, more an emotional awakening and connecting them to their needs, 
we successfully got people out of wheelchairs and reversed MS. Wow. Six months later, they were climbing mountains and uh, and very, very interesting. So I I stepped away from the illness side because there's a, just a lot of responsibility, and I actually reversed engineered the process from the illness to the thought and emotion that we create it, then taking it down a path of if people, instead of thinking that negative thought, that will lead down the path of some kind of, you know, physical manifestation of illness. And if they can switch that over and always have this kind of positive thought and emotion and connection with themselves, that's their path to their potential. So that's how I sort of unraveled and reverse engineered a psychosomatic illness therapist process into a coaching program to keep people happy, healthy, and fulfilled in their life. Wow. And so that's what I say, man, you respect your biological needs because it's it's all to your to your greater health, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty powerful uh coaching process to uh help someone get out of a wheelchair. Only doctors and Jesus can do that normally. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of there are a lot of interesting processes in the in the world now, mm-hmm. um, uh, but you know even some of my clients, which is why you know the, even the the reason I decided to you know dedicate 2016-17 to expanding you know it, my business in another direction, which is even helping you know life and successful and relationship coaches, is they don't have this biological preparation to behavior. Because even when a client comes, let's say that they cut their index finger, you know, they have one of those, you remember like, you know, you get those painful little paper cuts. When you have the tools to understand what that means, so if it's the index finger, for example, in the symbology of the body, because that's what we studied in the psychosomatic illnesses, the symbology of the body and different brain parts, whatever. But for example, they cut their index finger. The index finger is the symbology, obviously, of feeling judged. So when you're in a coaching process, which is a journey, and you can even um, become aware of the little quirks and things that happen in their life, they give you so many more messages about how they're really feeling and what's really going on emotionally inside of them, more so than the story they tell you. Because the story they tell you is often just sort of like a justification or it's, yeah. you know, victim kind of mentality. Do you get that too? Yeah, like definitely. definitely. Uh, Daniel, you get, has- the, you get the next question. Yeah, um, I want to touch on something. I think it, it kind of goes with the, the next question. You mentioned something, Diana. I think that's very important for listeners to understand that all of the needs that we're talking about here, especially the needs for love and self-esteem and security, is already inside of us. And the one thing that I have noticed and uh, in, in my own life that, you know, when I use the example for my clients, I say, you know what, when we are born, you know, right from, you know, the day we're born, we don't really have the need, you know, self-esteem. You know what? We have all the self-esteem. I mean, I don't see any, you know, two-year-olds running around going, oh, no, I'm naked. I should go and get dressed. <laughs> on, on the contrary, they do the opposite. So they're very comfortable with their bodies. When it comes down to the love, they always feel loved. It's something actually poor, poor self-esteem, you know, poor, you know, love where we feel like we're not having love is actually something that is learned. And it's a learning experience. That's what I've experienced in, uh, you know, in, in my practice when I talk to people and even my own personal life as, as I have kind of started reflecting on where I have come from. So all of these needs do kind of come from the inside. Now, you often uh, uh, name Abraham Oslo and saying that, you know, that's essentially where you start uh, with him, you know, where he left off in studying the needs. So I, I, if you can, you know, comment a little bit more on that, what that really means. Well, yeah, just like what you were what you were saying, and it, I'll tie in something funny. Living here in Italy, um, you know, the the very basis of the of the needs pyramid that he talks about, the hierarchy of needs. The very first is physiological. You know, you need uh, you know you need food, obviously, to to nourish a healthy body. And even here, since I live in Italy, very often 
the children are raised where food is sort of like the compensation. Food equals love. And so, you know, tying into what you were saying about, you know, love, it gets distorted if you wanted, if you want, sometimes by the way people are brought up, that it creates a mental association, you know, so here, a basic parent's responsibility is nourishing their children, which you know satisfies a physiological need. But then they're tying in something that that actually sort of distorts it, and that's where I think we we get lost in the pureness of like you know the child just running around naked or just playing and being themselves and being free and you know not worrying about what other people think and and um, yeah, it, it's funny. So, you know, Maslow says if once we have food in our belly, then we can move up to the next thing, and that is, you know, having some stability. So nowadays what I'm finding is, you know, a difficulty is there's less economic stability. People are very much blocked in that area. In the chakra system, it's down in the, you know, the first and the second chakra system. Uh, they're you know, bombarded with information about, you know, crisis. And so they're worried, they're lacking stability. And even family situations, there are always more and more divorces. So there's even relationship instability in a lot of, you know, a lot of families nowadays. When you have the stability, only then are you worried, are you concerned, are you interested in having meaningful bonds with people and and the connection is social, you know. Um, And then once you are accepted by a group and you have this these relationships that are fulfilling and are satisfying then you take the step toward your self-confidence and that's where I find so many of my clients are right now is they're wanting to step into being more confident and that's where when I you know kick in with their their individual needs and they become so much more empowered because they biologically their cells and their brain connect with that identity of really who they are. And then that's when they can step, take the step up to the self-realization, which is the very top of, of Maslow's pyramid. So the thing with the needs is that on a universal basis, we are, since it's a hierarchy, we must have food in our belly before we're even interested in looking for stability. And we have to have stability before we're even interested in belonging to a group. And so this is where I find that if you are lacking in, let's say, the lower needs of the hierarchy of the universal needs, you can always find solutions with your individual needs because who you are and what you're naturally then talented at, because your needs are your qualities, your talents, your strengths, when you apply your individual needs, that's when you find solutions in any of the layers or the peer, the tiers of, of Maslow's hierarchy. So it's a, it's, it's a fun combination. And a, another tool that I use very much is even the logical levels of DILTS. Uh, there's a lot of tools, and, and, and I love I love coming from the corporate training world, and having you know done all the Myers Briggs and the Strengths Finders and and Enneagram, and you know, even adding personal touches. You know, I studied because I wanted to know that the answer was always the same about who I was. Studied physiognomics and hand reading and, and, and hand graphology and astrology. I studied so many alternative things also to sort of combine and see which ones were, uh, which ones were giving me certain kind of answers from different perspectives. And, uh, but I think the corporate training uh, you know, experience gave me, the, gave me the understanding that people need some kind of model when people have a model that they can follow, then they get it. So instead of just, you know, like the talk, then people have to have a model and they can see it and they identify, yes, this is where I am in my life, and that's where they can, they can move on. So it's, uh, that was a long explanation about Maslow. But <laughs> well, I think the, the, the one important thing that I'm getting from, you know, speaking with you and when you're sharing some of the things that you do is it's how important it is for people to really get to know who they are. And 
I know in the past, and I, you know, you mentioned all of the, you know, the, the uh, tests as far as your personality types and all of this stuff. For me, what it always has done is it kind of normalized it and said, you know what? Oh, now I understand why I behave in a certain way and why I do what I do. Not because, uh, you know, from the perspective well, I'm doing this, I might be, you know, kind of a crazy person. Now it's like, no, hang on, I'm doing this because that's who I am. That's my personality. Now the next question for me is, is how do I go and make it better so that it actually serves me in life as opposed to I'm fighting it all the time. And one of the things that I've learned, for example, when it comes down to business, I'm, uh, I've actually done through, uh, gone through Wealth Dynamics a couple of years ago, and one of the things it told me that I'm a creator. Well, when I now looked at what creators do and how they behave, it has completely changed my business and how I do things. Because I realized that as a creator, there are certain things that you know, strengthen me, and there are certain things that drain me. And more and more I get to know my personality and all of these types. And I think this is really what, you know, in, in the uh, you know, self-help uh, arena that we're all in, as people have to understand, is it's not about just finding out what it is who you are, but how can you actually apply it to your life and make your life better through that. And I think this exactly. is where a lot of people kind of stop. They find out, because I've done that too. When I go back, some of these tests I've done 10 years ago, and, you know, yeah, it's a nice paperweight or, or somewhere, you know, it's shoved in a drawer. I never looked at it. I find out who I am, but then I never went and did the application of it. And I think that's the important part. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get picky. <laughs> I'm going to get picky here. Um, biologically, which is why, you know, everyone, everyone is, you know, who they are. And I, I, I have, um, I, I call myself a finder, not necessarily a researcher, but researcher is more what people would would uh, would use. And uh, I'm a finder, and so I have a question, and I, I just I have to find it and answer. And so a lot of my clients, um, let's let's say I did corporate training, you know, with let's the the Italian Anthony Robbins, and so I was on his team of you know going to the companies sort of in his name, and he proposed people to do a certain type of personality profile, and and studying it, I realized that the words, even though you can be moved, for example, by the word creator, because it's part of a certain even biological need. Um, the majority of the wording in these personality profiles are, I would say, empty. They're, they don't catalyze change because they're not based on the images that are stored in your emotional memory. So what I enjoy in my finding or you know, in my research process was really creating the personality profile that when people read that description, it catalyzes change because it really, their physiology changes. Neurons fire, uh, they get more creative. They're like, wow, this is who I am. Because the majority of leaders, because, you know, it was a lot of CEOs and they get their, you know, what type of leader are you? And it's one out of four, usually. And they would read it. And, yeah, it would be a 20-page report that would end up in their drawer somewhere. Because the wording didn't catalyze biologically changes that would have them step up and really be different. It was just sort of, yeah, try to do this a little bit better or try to do that. But, they're, but being that they're not biologically tuned, it was impossible for them really, let's like say, like I repeat that, catalyze change. And so what I find also is that the majority of personality profiles will define you as a noun, and nouns do not catalyze change. Personality types need to be either a, an adjective or a verb. Verbs make you move, verbs help you take action, and adjectives help the feeling process. So when we get then into the, the differences of the left brain and the right brain, change is more catalyzed by the right brain because you want to be feeling the passion and the desire to be more. You want to see that, that yearning for a more creative life. When people want more, then they, they're moved to create something based on, let's say, sort of a boundless imagination of what they can be. They need to sense and they need to feel that 
not just have the left brain, you know, strategic, analytical, practical readout of of who they are. Right. Amazing. Now, uh, yours has your uh, test has way more needs than Tony Robbins or anyone else I've come across. Uh, how many individual needs are there in your uh, personality assessment? Well, I have defined 22 individual needs, and they go back to you know antique symbology. I believe you know 5,000 years ago they found what what is known. Uh, the majority of people will know these 22 needs as the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah, as the tree of life, which are the, the paths of life. Uh, even though it has nothing to do really with the Hebrew religion, because they found it 5,000 years ago on on pyramids, the symbol of the tree of life. They found it on symbols even in ancient Egypt. So we're talking about 5,000 years ago, and these are. Uh, the, the 22 paths that are on this symbol and each of these paths has a uh, specific meaning. And for, for my studies, each of these 22 needs actually has uh, pre- a predictable emotional memory from something in your genealogy. So actually who we are is a sum of... Um, of, let's say, inconclusive emotions in our genealogy. So when I, when I take this then onto a biological level, if, you know, when we are conceived, there's the mother, you know, the, the side, the side of, uh, you know, the, 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 the moment of conception, you know, is the father has the, the sperm with the DNA and the mother has the egg with the DNA and when those blend they create a unique human being but what is contained in that DNA is not just the information about how tall that person's going to be or the color of their eyes or the color of their hair there's actually a lot of emotional memory so these needs are tied into the emotional memory that we receive at conception which will then give us our purpose and project in life, which will give us our innate talents, and but also give us our challenges. Because, for example, in the, the person, uh, let's say the 10 dynamic need, he always needs to move, but what will happen in the psychosomatic world if he's not moving enough, which means moving physical body, moving emotions, moving the mind with you know abstract, interesting ideas, um, then he will predictably have muscle problems. Um, That gets a little bit more elaborate. But the idea then is what you'll find then in the genealogy is that someone was already, let's say, blocked in their movement. And you can go back and, and then what I find is a lot of those people will become physical therapists because that's what they're then in their project of life, they're helping people move. They'll be the best bicycle riders. They'll be the best mathematicians. It's, it's very predictable. What, what I find, what I love about even behavior is when you have a model, and especially with behavior, then you understand that things are predictable. So even when negative emotions come up, there's no reason to freak out. There's no reason to go into the victim perpetrator, you know, they did this to me or I'm, you know, not enough and all this kind of stuff. It's just predictable. You have that need predictably on a bad day, you'll feel like this. Predictably on a good day, you'll feel like this. Make a choice. And then take action. Take action to do who you are, you know, to be who you are and then do and fulfill your need. It's very simple. I mean, the background, there's a lot, a lot of study and, uh, that goes into this. I, I prefer a very light, uh, very playful, that's what I do. I have my clients with a game board and cards to play their needs and create their purpose statement. And, and I, I think people need to play. I think people, this is the new paradigm, enough of the psychoanalyzing, enough of thinking, you know, you need to be healed, enough of going back and, you know, all the seminars and crying about all the, you know, spilt milk. 
I'm in debt. This Identify who you are. Decide you want to be more. Play with your personality. Create things with your life. And have fun. Amen. I like it. Amen. <laughs> I like it. Daniel, I'll let think, you have a... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, I think the hand what you're talking about is really for people to live their life and be themselves. And, you know, this brings uh, me to uh, the next question is, you know, why is it so hard for people to be themselves? And, and you know, you can maybe touch on also, you know, why is, I think you've touched on that. Why is it so important for us to really be, you know, ourselves and live our life, you know, who, who we well, truly I'll, are? Should I, should I, if I start big, I'll start really big. I'll start really big <clears throat> that we... Um, you know, if anyone hasn't noticed, <laughs> Mother Earth, call it Mother Earth or call it, you know, our universe or whatever, but let's, let's keep it a little bit closer even though it's big. Mother Earth really needs some tender, loving care. I mean, you know, we have exploited resources and there's you know, just a lot of problems, just the sustainability, let's say, of the Earth. So that's starting really big. Well, you know, until people change into who they are, and they become their best resource, then they're always looking outside for someone to make them happy. And this has created just a lot of, i got to get something outside of me, and it's, you know, let's produce more, and let's make more heat, and let's make more air conditioning, and let's make more, you know, and buy more. And, and it's all just compensating for an, a deep, deep emptiness inside of people. And I think what's, what is paying the price is Mother Earth because we, we're trying to fulfill or we're trying to fill that emptiness with so much stuff out there. And so on a more, you know, on a smaller, let's say a more intimate space, when people are happy, they're just happy to be themselves. There is no having to have something, you know. They're just... You know, I, I, I guess I find either in young children that just happiness to be there, and it could be just with a piece of paper or a pen or, or just running in the park or throwing a rock. You know, they're not consuming stuff. Or the same maybe with, with older people, and they have that wisdom of, wow, you know, I can't take it with me when I go, so I'm just going to enjoy you know, my family and my friendships. And, and then there's that age in the middle where, where somehow, you know, the majority of the population from, you know, when kids start going to school and then comparing what other people have to, you know, pre-retirement, uh, where there's just seems like you got to get all the stuff on the outside to make you happy. And it's got to be the big house and the car and... and so I'm not really, you know, I think when you are yourself, then the things that you desire, which is great to have that great vacation in the bigger house, but it's, it's an inner fulfillment that you are just so much happier. And I find with the world then being more filled with happier people, then the choices of how to treat each other and the unity we can create instead of the separation with uh, other populations, with people that are different from us, and even on a global scale, um, a new kind of economy based on people satisfying their needs and making that into their talents so then they can perform better in what they naturally do well, and this will alleviate a lot of stress and burnout and dissatisfaction and depression, because I'm really, you know, based on a couple powerful personal stories, um, uh, you know, my ex-husband was chronically depressed for seven years, and it was very difficult, very difficult, and... Um, uh, there's just a lot of things not that are that are going, let's say, unnoticed in uh, in society. And you know, I have this big mission to if everyone is just happier and they connect with their needs and they're better people and they expand and they contribute to other people and they and they love themselves, then we there won't be this depression, and suicide, and this, and then there won't be this you know mistreatment of other people and in, in the world because we uh, we have this duty, I think, to sustain even, you know, Mother Earth and have her return to, you know, fruitful, 
fruitful land and uh, and clean water, and this is really to the benefit. And we can do that, I think, with with people being connected to what they naturally do well. And when they love themselves, then they'll love the people around them and, you know, our planet. That was big. <laughs> wow. Daniel, any comments on that? I'm I'm not quite sure where where to start with that. <laughs> you know, so it's important. It, it is important for people to be themselves for their own personal happiness. But that will that will expand, and it will it'll impact other people's lives. And and it's not something that you have to teach. It's just it's energy. When people show up happy, and and their excitement, it's contagious. Instead, now there's this contagious fear. It's, you know, and it's all, we, everything giving, you know, they're giving disorders to everything. And, you know, people are, you know, when are we just going to get back to happy, healthy people, you know? I, love uh, I think the, the one point if I can make, I think it all starts with one and the power of one and with each individual wanting to go and change themselves and really work themselves as opposed to trying to change things on the outside start within at least that's kind of the message that i'm getting and i think that's what you're mentioning is that you know so often and and i'm sure you've had the experiences too with you know with your clients when you sit down with them it's like they always start saying well you know i can't do this because of them and they do this and you know and the fingers are getting pointed on the outside and i says no hang on let's let's start looking on the inside start working on yourself get to know yourself because the change happens within your environment is going to change. Your way of thinking is going to change. And that's really where, you know, to me, where the power is. And and I think what you're mentioning here is, you know, taking care of our environment. Well, first, we need to start taking care of ourselves. Exactly. Right? We can't do it the other way around. We can't. It doesn't work the other way around. It's cause and effect. And if if, if the cause is an unhappy person trying to find, you know, a more sustainable universe, already that person is less, sustainable because they're not connected with who they are you know this is greek greek philosophy know thyself and um i feel let's say you know honored to have you know studied certain things and put lots of pieces together and i feel i feel very you know guided if i can say uh you know call it a guardian angel or call it you know call it whatever you want um but I, i feel very very guided um in in the way that i've you know i say uh, you know either it's my spirit of creativity or uh, you know a higher self has really you know blessed me with the formulating this this process and uh it it hasn't been a mental process it has been just a very get in the flow and you know i i'm very visual so you know and and I, I have very vivid dreams, and I'll just, like, dream something, and I was like, oh, gosh, that's it. And it just comes in, and then I put it down on a piece of paper, and I said, yes, this is the next game board, and this is this is how people understand. And I tested on, you know, 20 clients. They're like, wow, that's really amazing. And and uh, so, you know, I, I, I feel, and, and I think I think because, because I've gone through, you know, a tough process of knowing myself, um, uh, it's brought lightness because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to go through the process if it's, you know, hard. <laughs> uh, so being trained as a psychosomatic illness therapist was really hard because uh, we had to dig up a lot of stuff. Um, and But that brought a lightness to me that has allowed me to be more creative and, you know, find solutions and, and um and align my energy, let's say, with a, a, a creative font, creative source, and um, yeah, I, I, I wish that for 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 everyone to to be light. When you know yourself, and there's that certainty, you know, confidence. You think about confidence being empowering, but it's actually not a power that's heavy. It's very light. It's very fresh. That's what. That's what I find. You know, my clients say they they feel lighter and you know, with the happiness. And um, excellent, very cool. Now, uh, in the next one minute, please uh, 
uh, let people know where they can find you, your website, where they can email you, what kind of work you're doing, where you're going to be. Yes, good deal. Where they can find well, what I decided, I, um, <clears throat> I, I uh, had put out an offer, you know, with my book uh, that if if people, you know, wanted, they could, you know, write me and and get the get the audio version. So what I did on my website of the book, which is Modus Vivendi, Your Life, Your Way, M-O-D-U-S-V-I-V-E-N-D-I, Your Life, Your Way, Modus Vivendi, Your Life, Your Way, dot com. I just put up, people can opt in and just get the audio version of the book. Because people have enjoyed the audio version. There was one woman who wrote me and she said, it was, she says, do you have, she, she said, the book was such a powerful meditation process. And it was interesting because all the comments that people wrote back, which is so cool, uh, people from all the world and, you know, you don't even know them and they write you a personal email. Everyone gets something different out of the book. And she really picked up through the audio version that the whole book was like just an ongoing meditation. And I, I, so on the website, I just said opt in and I'll just send you the link for free for the audio book because that is the coolest way to dedicate, you know, the 10, 20 minutes a day. Go on the journey to to, you know, let go of who you aren't. And then after day three and four, you're on the journey of then finding yourself. And, you know, even in the book, then or in the audio, I repeat contact information. You know, it's contact at Diana Dettinger, my name, first name and last name dot com. There's other emails you can write me. You can Facebook friend me, personal, you know, PM me, or, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. And, um, but really, I totally encourage people to get the audio version, and it's a real simple you know, listening to, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, seven days, guaranteed wonderful awareness. Amen. Thank you so much, Diana, and also mm-hmm. uh, listeners. Uh, remember Daniel's uh, website. I'm a ginormous fan of Daniel and what he teaches, uh, resetwarrior.com. And uh, thank you so much for your time, both Daniel and Diana, and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you, Tom. Take care. Thank you, Dan. And thanks, Daniel. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.